Hallelujah. Thank you for that wonderful worship time. And thank you for your giving tonight. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. Turn to Exodus chapter 14. As I was preparing this message, I had my Bible on my desk in the office open to Exodus 14. I received a telephone call from a very dear saint of God that I respect very much. And she said, Pastor, I had a vision. And she was weeping. She said, I saw this huge monster of a being up high in the sky with ferocious bear claws. It was horrible, fearful. And then I saw a group of people gathered on the seashore, a large group of people. And then I saw the waters turn blue and yellow. And I felt the presence of God. Amen. And she said, I would like to know what you think that is. I, I said, sister, I have my Bible open to Exodus chapter 14. And I believe what you saw is what I'm going to preach about tomorrow night. You saw the spirit of Pharaoh trying to prevent God's people from crossing the Red Sea to go to the promised land. But in the end, you saw them rejoicing and praising God because God took them through. He split the sea so they could walk right through it. Hallelujah. Give God praise. In Exodus chapter 14, beginning with verse 15, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift up thy rod, and look at this, stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. Moses was told to divide the sea by lifting up his hand. The children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. Skip down to verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand. Put a line under that in your Bible. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea even all of Pharaoh's horses his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass 
that in the morning watch, the Lord looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. You may be seated. <coughs> I can almost see it now. God sent a band of angels down with lug wrenches, taking off the, the nuts through the wheels and causing those chariots to bog down in the sea as they tried to pursue the Israelites who had walked through on dry ground. I love that song. He split the sea so we could walk right through it. Never mind the difficulties, the barriers to the promises of God. If we follow him and obey him, we're going to walk right through and we're going to inherit the promises of God. We're going to the promised land. God did not split the sea until Moses did something. He had to stretch out his hand over the sea. That's in the word. The Bible tells us that. The sea did not open up until Moses stretched out his hand. I want everybody to look at your hand. There's nothing magic about our hands, but God uses our hands to do miracles. Peter and John, at the hour of prayer, going into the temple, encountered a man who was lame from his mother's womb. He expected to receive something. Peter said, silver and gold have we none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. And the Bible says he took him by the right hand. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Praise God. And in verse 7 of Acts chapter 3, he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. This is a man who never walked a step in his lifetime. Now he's walking, he's leaping, and he's praising God. We have healing hands. Look at your hand again. Peter reached forth his hand and took this man who was crippled from his mother's womb, lifted him up, and strength went into those ankle bones, and he began to walk and leap and praise God. Every Monday morning, we have a group of people who meet in the Family Life Center at 5.30, and we pray. We pray for all kinds of, we pray for you. And some of you need to be there with us occasionally. Amen. But anyway, when we close, we always sing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Then we join hands and we pray for healing hands. And we pray for divine opportunities. We pray that God will use our hands to touch people's lives. He does use our hands. Point number one, he uses our hands. You remember Gary's sermon from 
First Chronicles chapter 11 and verse 22, when Benaiah, one of the mighty men, slew two lion-like men from Moab. He also went into a pit on a snowy day and slew a lion. He also encountered an Egyptian of great stature. The Living Bible says he was seven and one-half feet tall. He took the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew the man with his own spear. He did that with his hands. God used his hands. In Exodus 14, verse 16, God told Moses, lift up thy rod, stretch out thy hand over the sea, and divide it. Beloved, God wants us to believe that he can do miracles and not be afraid to stretch our hands out. Look at your hands again. What do you have in your hands? We don't have anything. Well, yes, we do. We have the word of God that places his promises in our hands. And when we raise those hands and lay them on the sick or cast out devils or do whatever God has called us to do, it's a wonderful thing to see the Lord work. In the book of Num- uh, Exodus chapter 17 and verse 5 and 6, the Lord told Moses, Go on before the people. Take with thee elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thy hand. Take that rod in your hand and go. We need to pick up the things that God's given us and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Hallelujah. A calamity took place. In the 20th chapter of Numbers, the people were complaining because they didn't have water again. And God said to Moses in verse 11, Moses lifted up his hand with his rod and he smote the rock twice. God told him to speak to the rock. He spoiled a perfect type of Jesus being crucified one time. For New Testament in 1 Corinthians tells us that rock was Christ. And so when Moses smote that rock the first time, it was a type of Jesus being smitten so that the waters of life could flow. He did that with his hand and with a rod that he had in his hand. The next time, he was told to speak to the rock. He didn't speak to the rock. He was angry with the people. And he smote the rock two times. And for that, Moses and Aaron were denied access to the promised land. They were not allowed to go across the Jordan into the promised land because they spoiled a perfect type of Jesus Christ being crucified so that you and I could have eternal life. At Rephidim, Amalek attacked. And in the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verse 11, it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he had let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, 
And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Amalek was defeated because Moses held up his hands. You can defeat the devil by using your hands in a posture of praise to Almighty God for the victory that we have over the enemy of our soul. Joshua was at Ai. In chapter 8 of Joshua, verse 18, the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out thy spear that is in thy hand. Stretch out thy spear that is in thy hand towards Ai, and I will give it into thy hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered the city, took it, and hasted to set it, the city on fire. Beloved, Joshua would never have won that victory that day if he didn't stretch his hand out towards the, that city and the, renounce the enemy and claim the promises of God. I've already referred to Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 when they said silver and gold, we don't have any. I'm sure that's not true of all preachers, but that was true of them at that time. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. That man didn't walk a step until Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up. We can lift people up. We can go into their infirmity, into their sickness, into their trouble, their mixed up lives. We can give our witness. We can stretch our hand out and lay it on them in the name of Jesus. My next point, what is that in your hand? We have some strange things in our hands sometimes. There's a story in Judges chapter 3, verse 31, and chapter 5, verse 6. There's only two verses in the Bible that tell this story. And those are the two. It tells the complete story of Shemgar. You know, Moses, we have 136 chapters in the Bible to tell, him about, tell us about him. There are 21 chapters about Joseph. And two verses about Shemgar, a mighty man. I'm going to read it for you. Judges chapter 3 and verse 31. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad. And he also delivered Israel. An ox goad. That's a long piece of wood on one end a point to punch the ox to make him move when he gets a little slow. On the other end, there's a sharp chisel and probably uses it to clean the clay and the roots off the plow. But also, it's a weapon. And Shamgar used his ox goad. Probably Shamgar was a farmer because he had an ox goad. He probably had one ox in a small farm. He wasn't a mighty man. Suddenly in chapter 5 and verse 6, we read the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, 
in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. Notice this. It was a dangerous time. The highways were unoccupied, and travelers walked through the byways. That tells us a lot about Shemgar. He didn't go the highway. He went the, the back ways, through the thickets. And those Philistines came through the thickets, maybe in bands of four, five, six, eight. He didn't take out 600 at one time. He would jump out of his hiding place in the thickets, and with his ox goat, he'd make mincemeat out of them. He was a powerful man because the Holy Ghost enabled him with that ox goat to slay 600 Philistines. 600. Only two verses in the Bible to tell us his story. There's some things going on around us that we take for granted. We don't know what all God's up to. But we need to be thankful for the power of what is in our hand. And the good that God is doing through the body of Christ. Using what's available in our hand. What do you have in your hand? There are three lessons about Shemgar. I read a book by Jay Strack. I don't know if he owns the Miami Heat or the general manager, but anyway, he wrote the book. He and another man. And he said there are three things that Shemgar did that made him successful. Start where you are. Everybody say that. Start where you are. Don't wait to get a coronation day. Don't wait to get a piece of paper that credentials you to do the works of God. Start where you are tonight. In the name of Jesus. Secondly, use what you have. It may seem strange. An ox goat, a weapon. No other incident exactly like that. But he used what he had. Friends, you can use what God has given you. You are blessed with gifts that God ordained you with. Recognize those gifts. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. The Bible says desire spiritual gifts. And pray that you may prophesy, covet to prophesy. So we need to speak truth. We need to let people know that Jesus loves them. The last thing... Jay Strack said about Shemgar, do what you can. You can't do everything for 600 Philistines. That's a good bit. <laughs> There's a lot more than we're doing tonight, I imagine. I imagine we've passed up many opportunities to defeat the devil, and we thought, boy, oh, boy, that's bad. I wish somebody would do something about that. Maybe you're the person. Do what you can. Those three things. Start where you are. Use what you have and do what you can. Samson slew 1,000 Philistines with a jawbone of an ass. Can you imagine? Judges chapter 15, verse 14. When he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Hallelujah. And the cords that were upon his arms became his flax that was burnt with fire and the bands loosed from off his hands. He found a new 
jawbone of an ass, put forth his hand, took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. Hallelujah. What a crude weapon. I don't know if he did like Shemgar, hiding in the thickets until these bands came by, small groups at a time. I don't think he waded into 1,000 people all at one time. But one by one, five, six, eight at a time, they were no match for Samson. Man could put the gates of the city on his shoulders and march out with victory through those iron gates as they swung open. Only God could enable a man to do that. Down in verse 19, well, in verse 18, Samson said, God, there's a thousand Philistines, Philistines out there dead, but I'm dying of thirst. I need some water. My water bottle's dry. Sometimes our water bottle's dry. You might have come to church tonight a little dry. <laughs> Seemed like I heard some rustling going on when you came in. <laughs> We can't afford to be dry. It says, God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout, and when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. We're going to revive again when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. David slew a lion and a bear with his hands, probably a club. He slew Goliath with a sling that he had in his hand. Picked up five smooth stones in a brook. We've been to that brook. We picked up enough stones to almost wear the airplane down. <laughs> but it only took one. Went right between the armor into his forehead and Goliath fell down and then David went over and took the Goliath's sword and cut his head off. Glory be to God. What do you have in your hand? A sling? An ox goad? The jawbone of an ass? We have a rod like Moses had? We have anointed hands. Look at your hands again. They're anointed. In the Great Commission in Mark chapter 16, Jesus said these words in verse 17 and 18. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. We can do that. You can do that tonight. They shall take up serpents. I'm only going to do that if the Lord puts one in my path and tells me to do it. I'm not looking for one. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. Everybody read that again. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus said that. You can do that. What's in your hands? The anointing of the Holy Ghost. You can pray for the sick. You can pray for all kinds of people in the hospitals, in Walmart, wherever you go. In Acts chapter 8, the story of a revival that broke out in Samaria. Samaria was not a nice place. But Philip went down there and preached the gospel. He
he had revival. You remember, this is a place where Jesus had prepared them for revival because he, the woman who gave him a drink, he pronounced on her family the blessing of God. So when Philip got there, the words of Jesus came to life and they had revival. And so there are a lot of people saying, Peter and John went down to Samaria and in verse 15, when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. We need a lot more of that going on around here. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their, they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Peter and John laid hands on the Samaritans that had gotten saved under Philip's ministry, and they received the Holy Ghost. You see people down here hungry for God? Slip over by their side. Lay your hand on them. Say, in the name of Jesus Christ, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need a lot of that going on. We need people with, with Holy Ghost fire burning in their heart. Paul laid his hands on Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. Wherefore I put in remembrance, put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hand. He imparted ministry to Timothy. We need to encourage people to branch out, witness, testify, speak out, sing, pray, shout, do whatever we can. What do you have in your hands? You can be blessed tonight to make a difference. Bow your heads, please. How many people will raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm not saved, but I want to be saved. Please pray for me. Raise your hand anywhere in this building. To my right over here, anyone. Slip your hand up if you're not saved. Directly in front of me. To my left. I want everybody to repeat the sinner's prayer with me, please. Dear God in heaven, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I'm sorry that I fail. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Those watching by live streaming, I hope you repeated that prayer. But I want to do one more thing. I want to speak a blessing over everyone in this room. So I want you to get up, walk down here to receive a special blessing that I want to pray over you. those hands again. God's going to put something on those hands tonight. And you're going to go out of here prepared to change people. You're going to be a change agent. Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah.
praise God. I'd like for him to sing again. He split the sea so I could walk right through it. But before they do, I want to pray this blessing over you. Come on. Everyone lift up your hands now. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his son, saying, On this wise shall ye bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Now praise God with those hands. Lift them up and praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.